Hello there, this is Matt Smith, and welcome to Tiger Talk on the Life at Alibet Digital Audio Network. So glad you've decided to join with us today. Crazy days, uh, wrapping up in this semester. Uh, been connecting with different students from across the Olivet family, and uh, as I talk about this right now, many, many seniors are done. Congrats to you. You've finished up. And uh, the rest of y'all are uh, in the home stretch, finals week, just this next week, and you have projects that you're wrapping up. So just want to say kudos to all of you. I have been thoroughly impressed over and over again by the way in which you have modeled flexibility, and uh, it's just been incredible to watch you all do the things that you do. So super proud of you guys and uh, looking forward to when we can all be together again very, very soon. But we've got a lot of content we want to get to uh, in today's episode, and so we'll just cut right to it. We're going to, as always, have our moment with Mark, Chaplain Mark Holcomb. Uh, I talked today to uh, Lily Jarzabowski, our new student body president for next year, and uh, we're going to kick off the show today by talking to one of my very good friends and a friend of Olivet, and if you are connected to our university at all in the last 15, 16, 17 years or so, you're very familiar with Lamoris Crawford. Lamoris Crawford actually serves as the chaplain for the Cincinnati Bengals and was just on campus not too long ago uh, speaking in chapel before uh, the coronavirus pandemic set in. And uh, Lamoris is a traveler and uh, was at home and wasn't feeling well and long story short, uh, tested positive for COVID and, um, has a really, really, uh, uh, incredible experience with that. And since Lamoris is one of us and uh, has just been on campus, I really uh, felt like it would be a great opportunity for us to hear from someone who has experienced what COVID is like, uh, especially someone that we know. And, uh, as always, Lamoris is um, very open in his uh, thoughts and in his words and uh, gives really, really uh, great insight on what it's like to, to suffer through that terrible thing. So exciting to talk with him today. So wherever you are around the country, so glad you've decided to spend a few minutes with us. Uh, let's kick it off with my good friend, Lamoris Crawford. I'm joined uh, the, today by my friend Lamoris Crawford. How you doing, man? Good, bro. How you doing? Oh, fantastic. All right, so we got a lot to get to here. Uh, if you all don't know Lamoris, uh, where have you been? Uh, Lamoris, uh, an alum of this place, uh, of Olivet, uh, worked here for a while, now is the uh, the chaplain for the Cincinnati Bengals, and we can talk football later, but but you were just on campus. Uh, let's just let's dive right into it, okay? So you were on campus. Yeah. Uh, in March. So, I mean, I, I, I'm walking into my office one day, my, my phone rings, I get a FaceTime uh, call from you, which always makes me happy uh, because you're coming into town. And uh, I love when you're on campus. I love when you're speaking to our students. You speak in chapel, you do your thing, and then it, things go crazy for you, right? You, you head out to Arizona, you speak at the, uh, the, the President's Gathering, uh, an event that Olivet hosts uh, out uh, around the country at different places uh, every year. And yeah. then 
And then tell me what happened after that. Oh, man. I, I fly to Chicago and I perform a wedding uh, for an NFL player. And I get home on a Sunday and I begin feeling a little off on Tuesday. And now, mind you, I travel all the time. I'm on planes off season. And so I'm like, maybe there's just a little jet lag. Because right before the president's gathering, I flew to Colorado to speak. And so I was on these back-to-back trips. And about, yeah, that Tuesday, I start feeling like something's off. Wednesday, I'm like, uh, this a little past jet lag. And then I was vomiting by Thursday. Also, that Thursday, I had chills, lost the taste and smell. I began just to feeling like like fatigue, fatigue. And so my wife immediately quarantined the kids and said, hey, we're not sure, but you guys stay out of the room. And so she did. I, I stayed away from my kids, but my wife stayed with me every night. And then um, I wasn't myself. I mean, I just hit a wall. I'm sleeping 12 to 14 hours a day. I'm not eating well. Um, I'm just out of it. And about day six, I wake up at 3.45 in the morning, and I have to use the bathroom. And so I go to the bathroom. Megan, you know, all this whole week has been holding the whole house down, cleaning the house, taking care of the kids. We homeschool our kids and meals. And so when I wake up, I'm like, I want to be very quiet so that she can get a good night's sleep. So I didn't wake her up. I didn't turn on any lights. I was very quiet. I go to the bathroom. I sit down and all of a sudden, something began to happen in my body that I can't put into words. Oh, wow. It, it's dark, Matt. I'm alone. And I just knew I was about to die. Oh, my gosh. There was no question. But I was at peace. Like, for real, real talk. I was at peace with dying. Like, I knew my heart was set that Jesus sat on the throne of my heart. My heart was set on him. I knew that I had been forgiven. I knew eternity was my home. But the only time fear entered me is when this thought came. My wife without a husband and my children without a father. And bro, you talking about fear. To think that my whole life, I've always wanted to be a father and husband because I never saw it modeled. Yeah. And now it's going to be taken away. It just it just kind of hit me. And so right at that moment, Matt, I hear this voice goes, are you okay? Bro, it brought peace to my soul because I just knew I was going to die alone. Like the thought that came through my mind is Megan's going to wake, wake up and find me on this floor. And so she gets up, cuts on the light. Matt, and I fall off the toilet and hit the floor and I can't get up. And and I just knew, like, it's over. And so, long story short, Megan ended up helping me. I, I'm, and by this time, I'm also profusely sweating. Profusely. She gets me to the, I get to the bed somehow. I don't know how. Uh, when I stood up, my whole bathroom is leaning. I don't know why everything is sideways. And I look in the mirror and I'm leaning on one foot. I'm standing on one foot. I'm thinking I'm standing up straight, but I'm on one foot about to fall into the tub. But I made it to the bed. Megan helps change my clothes, get other clothes on. We beeline it to the, to the emergency room. Yeah. And that's, that was probably the worst of it for me. 
So you go, you get a test there, obviously, right? I mean, uh, correct. So I mean, this is pretty early on, as this thing's unfolding around the country, right? Like how, mm -hmm. and and you live in in the Cincinnati area, right? So correct. So you, what's it like in Cincinnati at this time? Is there is there a lot of like cases of coronavirus, or is it still pretty pretty low key? Yeah. So interesting. It, we flew through Chicago. That Wednesday, we heard that the TSA, there was eight TSA workers that tested positive. Oh, wow. So not only oh. that, there was four positive tests from people at the wedding in which one person died. Oh, wow. So we trying to figure it out. So we get to Cincinnati. By this time, the country, you know, Chicago was a hotbed. Cincinnati wasn't a hotbed yet. But, you know, they just start beginning to take precautions of, you know, kind of the same narrative of beginning to shut everything down. So we won the hotbed city, but the governor and I live on the Kentucky side, technically, okay. like eight miles from the border. But Ohio and Kentucky both took measures to begin to shut everything down. Yeah. So you go into the ER. Do you end up staying in the hospital or do they test you and they send you home? So I go in the ER. <laughs> They test me and sent me home, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like they they heard me out of there, <laughs> and I, th I and I think because I didn't have the breathing, so my lungs were hurt if I take a deep breath. But I had no breathing issues that were caused to be on a ventilator, and I think that's why they sent me home. Okay, so uh, how long how long from that day were you home, quarantined, isolated from your family, but before like you started feeling better, and also. How, how long did it take you to get your test results back? So this is crazy. So I was out completely about 15 days. It took 11 days from the day I got tested. So I went in day five. 11 days from day five is when I got my COVID test results back. Wow. It took 11 days, bro. Wow. Wow. And they were, and it was positive, right? It was positive, and it was positive. Yeah, yep, tested positive, and we we kind of knew, thought that, well, knew that, but yeah, for sure, you know that that test results just help put things in perspective because, you know, I'm not sick. I'm, I'm Megan said, honey, you realize you've been sick one time in our marriage, and then I talked to my roommate from Olivet. He said, I remember you being sick one time in college. So this really rocked me because I wasn't used to being sick. I've never had the flu. Yeah. In my life, you know, and so on top of that, with the symptoms, man, I was battling every day. I was battling every day, bro. Yeah. So were you, uh, I mean, were you completely cut off from, from the fam for those days then? I was, I was, I was pretty much stuck in my room and we didn't allow the kids to come in. And so I would say goodnight from the door. Uh, we didn't let him cross <laughs> past the, you know, the yeah. the door, and I would say night, and I love you, and blow kisses, and but Megan slept with me every night, Matt. You talking about wife of the decade, bro? She slept with me every night, took care of me, held it down, man. She's the real MVP, bro. Yeah, but they are for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've known each other for a long time, and you're a person that goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. You don't stop. And also, you're one of the most positive people uh, I know on the planet. Uh, how how did those 15 days uh, 
play with your mind and your emotions and and were you were you ever at a point i know that you were feeling like you're at peace in that moment in the in the bathroom but but during the journey what were you what were your emotions like what were you going through that's a great question and i'm, I'm gonna answer that let me let me preface something you know i've done interviews this um there's been a national take from fox on my story and you know, everyone asks the same question, kind of like that. And truth is, Matt, I'm still processing a lot. I'm still processing a lot what God is showing me. But one thing, Matt, that really was revealed to me was just being able to embrace my humanity. That I don't have to be super dad all the time or super preacher or super leader or super, you're human. And so during this whole time, Matt, I was just embracing a part that life is real though I, i've been through a lot of my life i yeah. mean i've been through a lot of traumatic things and but just embracing my humanity of the experience was one of the things that god taught me and so there were some great days there was some bad days bro like like i can't kiss my kids i can't touch my babies you know i, I i'm not involved in the way I like to be. And so, man, there was some thoughts I, that, you know, I had to cover and renew my mind with. I listened to the word every day. My house was filled with worship downstairs and upstairs. And so we just kept an atmosphere of invoking and inviting God's presence in our home. And so I will listen. I listened to the same sermon 14 times in a row. <laughs> no kidding you, man. Yeah, yeah. Just, just on repeat. I would just wake up. If it's, because I was sleeping, and the cool thing about your spirit, man, is that it, it doesn't sleep. And so even though my flesh, I'm out, my spirit is still soaking in the Word. And then I, every night is a habit. I listen to Psalm 119 right next to my bed on repeat. And so even though emotionally and my humanity it was real, my goal was to continue to feed my spirit. Mm -hmm. Because it's the spirit that sustains you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so the emotions was real. There was bad days, good up, down, but... What I tried to fight to stay constant is that I was, I would get the word in my heart. Wow. Wow. So, uh, how do you feel now? I mean, how, 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 okay. Where are we at on the timeline from, from that? Uh, I started to feel icky to now. How, how long has it been now? Yes. Yeah, so I think we came home the four, I started feeling symptoms around the 16th of March. And so, yeah, bro, I feel way better. Um, I've been walking more. Um, I'm about to try and get a little more exercise in. I w I've just been trying to take it slow, but I feel good. I feel great. I had a longing cough longer than I anticipated, uh, but I feel great. I feel I'm back in the groove. I'm writing, Matt. God is, is speaking. I told you I'm still processing through this and yeah. just my intensity for the gospel and preaching the gospel, the truth and love and leading and we feel God is kind of leading us toward pastoring right now. So I'm exploring that fasting and praying on that. And so, yeah, man, I'm just trying to get out of that experience, what God wanted me to learn. I don't think it was God who put me through it, but I believe God will use it. So I'm still processing what that looks like for, for my family tonight, but I feel good. Yeah. So, I mean, I have to imagine, uh, as a person who has always struggled with how to process through things, uh, you, I mean, 
This is the one of the one times uh, people will hear you talk and not hear your story, which you tell all the time, you know, your testimony. But I mean, we can do the Cliff Notes version. Born in the projects, right? Uh, yeah. You've seen murder. You've seen drugs. You've you had no family. You're you're a you're a living walking miracle that you made it out of high school, let alone college, let alone a master's degree, right? Like you are. Yeah. You're a walking miracle, and sometimes I know it's easy for us to we we get past that. God gets us through, and then yeah. uh, it's almost like we don't know how to deal with things when they happen again because like. We have, we serve this great God who does great and powerful things. And is anything ever going to compare to that story? Well, probably not, but still when it's the biggest thing in your life, it's the biggest thing in your life. Right. And uh, yeah. I, I love that you, uh, aren't taking the easy way out on this and just moving on, but you're, you're trying to continue to work through it because that's the only way we can grow through that stuff. Oh, absolutely, Matt. And not only that. You know, Megan was diagnosed with a blood clot after our third child and diagnosed with MS. So you're talking about this constant thing. But here's the, here's the thing. What's the alternative? You can't quit. Yeah. Right? We can't. It sucks, bro. It hurts and it's real. But the promise is only to the overcomer. So, and that's the humanity part, Matt, that I'm processing that because we're on this earth and we're human, we're not exempt from problems. But what makes us different in the world is we have a God who goes through the valley with us. Yeah. So the world has no hope. So they'll drink their way thinking it has changed. They'll spin their way thinking it will change. They will smoke their way, think, right? We know that those things don't do anything, but the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob walks through the valley with us. The risen Savior walks with us, Matt, and that's been my hope through my life for the last 20 years almost of being a believer. Yeah, I'll be, I be a believer 20 years this December, and that's been a constant. I've been through a lot, but man, just my faith in the Savior walking through him, through us, with us, bro. So we've been through a lot, man, mm -hmm. and, right? And if you quit, you can't see victory, right? If you're going to see a victory, that hit, that uh, elevation works. I'm yeah. going to see a, you know, I probably oh, yeah. can't sing, yeah. right? <laughs> but but if you if you're going to experience victory in Christ, you got to see it first. In other words, it's by faith, yeah, right? For for, sure. for the joy for the joy that's no, I'm about to start preaching on your podcast. <laughs> for, for for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He saw something on the other side of death that caused him to be obedient to die. And it took faith to be raised from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good. by faith. No, it's it's good. by faith, right? Yeah. Yeah. We could, we could do this all day. I'm sure um, <laughs> there's a, there's a whole bunch of uh, Olivet students who are finishing up uh, their last week or two of class right now. And uh, they, they, they've lost, uh, some of them have lost the, the last part of that journey for them. What would you say to, especially a group of seniors at Olivet uh, who are, you know, grieving the fact that graduation isn't in two weeks. There's plans that are set, you know, down the road. And, yeah. and, and we're hoping that all that works out and this virus will continue to go away. But but what, what things would you say to them uh, to encourage them today? Yeah. First and foremost, my heart goes out to them. Um, I remember my senior year, I remember the excitement. Of course, my narrative was, a, you know, a little different of being the first to graduate. But if I can give any encouraging words is don't let the moment discourage you. 
let the memories encourage you. In other words, this coronavirus has killed a lot of moments. Graduation, finishing strong, right? Senior uh, trips, uh, senior experiences. But I want to encourage you to hold on to the memories of those nights, them late night talks with friends, the party with Jesus, right? The chapel services, being in class and having conversations that wasn't planned, uh, banging in the quiet with friends and having conversations, right? Those memories is what you hold on to. God gave us a memory to tap the good experience. The enemy always wants us to tap our memories for the bad. But that's why God gave us a memory. Remember what the Lord has done. Remember when I brought your ancestors, right? It's this idea of I gave you a memory to to tap the goodness in a good time. So that would be my encouragement to the seniors. Don't let the moment discourage you. Let the memories encourage you. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. I'll get you out of here on this, man. Thanks for taking the time. Okay, uh, you're a Bengals guy, right? Joe Burrow, what do you think? What do you think of Joe? Uh, Man, it's going to be interesting. Everything on paper, the poise, the leadership looks great. And for every rookie, the challenge is breaking through to continue to develop those qualities at a higher level. And so um, he's got a great coaching staff around him. We got great leaders on our team. So I'm excited to see the potential and how it plays out. And, uh, yeah, it's an exciting exciting time to be a Cincinnati Bengal. Exciting. Exciting for sure. Well, Lamoris, thanks uh, for taking a few minutes. I know you've been telling your story a lot, but I, I know you're a part of our family, and uh, I wanted our people to hear it. Uh, if you, Lamoris is on social media everywhere, so make sure you follow him and his family and see the things that he's doing. But uh, appreciate you, brother, and love you, and I'm glad you are better. Hey, bro, thank you for having me. Olivet fan for life. I'm joined now by Lily Jarzabowski. Did I say that right, Lily? I always feel like I don't say it right. Did I say it right? I think you did. Well, how, I think you said it right. Okay, well, no, you say it just so just so I know. Say it. Jarzabowski. That's what I said. Oh, wow, I did it. It only took wow. three and a half years. Congratulations, me. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have to get used to saying that name. Uh, Lily, you've been uh, selected to be uh, our student body president for next year, which we're super excited about. Tell me why... Uh, why have you wanted to be a part of ASC? You've been a part of ASC all three years uh, here on campus, but uh, tell me why you've wanted to serve in, in ASC and why specifically student body president? So I initially wanted to serve on ASC my freshman year just in order to build the community aspect of everything about all of that, of what I love so much about it and having the space to um really serve my class as a class representative. I served for two years and having the opportunity to create class events, but also to advocate for the student voice there was really a huge honor. I'm excited to serve as student body president because of continuing that advocacy aspect of it. Because part of this role is not just um, advocating for the student voice to the administration, but also um, sharing the administration's views to the students. And I think that's a really important thing is in order to have proper empathy with other people and in order to understand where people are coming from is to share all of those um, views. And I'm also really excited to be able to pour into different pockets of campus and to hone in on leadership and personal um, development skills during this time next year. 
That's great. You've got a, a brand new team of uh, executive officers that you're working with. Uh, I know that we're going to be able to start introducing them on our different platforms to the campus. But tell me what's been uh, you've had a few meetings with that group already. Uh, tell me uh, how excited are you to work with this group of students next year? Yeah, I have met with them um, a few times already, and I am so excited to work with this team. It is a wonderful team of men and women that just have a heart for service for this campus in their different areas. So whether that be editing the yearbook or working with our club leaders on campus, um, they all have the right heart of service and also really just looking to further their skills in the areas that they are have been selected to serve in. It's a... Uh... It's one of the highlights of my job is getting to work with uh, those executive officers. They're they're some of the best students in the world. They're a great representation of our campus. Tell me personally, how are you doing over these last few weeks? Going online, uh, how how's classes going, and how how do you how do you feel? Yeah, definitely, it's been a transition. I would say um, it's been. Um, kind of weird having that transition of, okay, this is my home. This is the place where I typically go to rest. And now it's like, okay, I have a home office set up in my upstairs bedroom where I'm sitting at a desk working all day. So that's definitely been a transition and finding those times to still have rest in a time of, okay, we got a lot of schoolwork to get done. But I've really enjoyed the intentionality that I'm seeing behind not only our students and reaching out and like my friends, checking in on people, but also our professors. That's been really encouraging to see um, setting up Zoom calls to get coffee on Saturday mornings or just checking in with us before class starts on Zoom of like, how are you guys doing? So that's something that I've really appreciated during this time. What's uh, one thing that you would say to your fellow Olivet students right now? One thing that I would probably say to my fellow Olivet students is, that we're really all in this together. I think that as cheesy as it sounds, coming from like a high school musical quote. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, definitely. But we really are. I think sometimes it can feel very isolating when we're all at home because we're so used, oh, I'm gonna walk across the hall of my apartment. I'm gonna walk across the hall of my dorm and say hi to somebody. And we don't have that really right now, but in this time where it can feel very isolating and alone, we really are all going through the same thing together. And that's really encouraging to, um, for me to remember during times when I'm like, oh, sometimes this stinks. Lily, thanks for spending some time with me today. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing you on some Zoom calls real soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's Chaplain Mark Holcomb again with us. And um, Mark, the last time we talked, um, we were... Uh, talking about chickens, right? We talked about chickens on the last uh, on the last time we were together on our moment, we did. Mark, right? We did. We talked about chickens. Yeah, so uh, some crazy things have happened since we've talked last. Uh, and according to your four on Friday uh, last week, uh, you were in a different place. Um, a tornado came through Luke and Kristen's property and their farm down in Alabama, and you headed down there. Everybody's okay, though, right? Everybody's good? Yes, Sunday morning. Uh, yeah, it actually went through probably six, eight miles south of them. They live in a holler, basically, in Alabama. and But, yeah, there obviously was a tornado or at least crosswinds. It just did a lot of damage, a lot of trees down, a lot of leaves, branches everywhere. They lost 
uh, a bunch of chickens um, that they had just moved out of what's called a brooder, which is what you have them in when they're baby chicks. They just moved them out the day before. That's the worst. Yeah, the hail. I mean, it was bad hail. and But they're good. Their house is fine. Everyone's fine. No one was, you know, there was no fatalities or anything, just a lot of damage. But let's let's just be real for a second. You got to see your grandkids. I did. You got to got see to your grandkids. See my, that's that's a that's a bonus. So uh, it didn't, you know, I didn't have to think long and hard about jumping in the car and no. driving, uh, spending, uh, you know, twenty one hours over four days in the car. But I mean, it was just a good. It's a good thing to be able to do. It's what it's what we do as family, right? When yeah. when family has an issue, they have a need. We we jump in the car and we do what we have to do. That's what I did. That's just what you do, right? Yeah. So what it's what you do. Yep. Okay. All right. So it's uh, it's the seniors last week. Uh, what's what's the thing about the class of twenty twenty that you are gonna miss? And what would you say to encourage them today? Well, I would say this to encourage them. You're almost done. Um, so as we speak, they basically probably have what. Three and a half days left. I yeah, don't know if I'm maybe the, the, the time. I just ruined the time sensitive material on this podcast, right? Oh no, no, it's, no. It's all a ruse. We're fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm just going to miss the people. Um, I mean, you know, I, I could talk about events like Ollie's Follies. I could talk about senior athletes and and all of the awards that they won. I could talk about the musical and the plays that seniors let in and the way they, you know, produced and directed and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just going to miss the people, um, the, the, the students, you know, you know, the way it is Smitty, right? We don't have relationships with every student. We, we don't even pretend that we do, but there are obviously students that you're very close with. And there are students that I'm very close with. Um, that we, you know, that we talked about the fact that they didn't have an opportunity for closure. They didn't have an opportunity to say goodbye. We, we didn't either. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but there are students that we're very close to yeah, you're right. that we didn't, that we didn't get to say goodbye to either. So I'm just going to miss the people and the relationships, which is, I think what makes this place what it is. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I'm, I'm assuming I ran into a couple of seniors, uh, in the grocery store a couple of days ago, uh, masked up from a safe social distance and every other coronavirus cliche. And I asked them how they were doing and they said, we're almost done. It's going well. Yeah. Our professors have been great. It's all been great. So yeah, I'm like you, I there's, uh, this is a great class and I'm certainly going to miss all of them. So, yeah. well, thanks Mark. I hope you, uh, enjoy the beautiful weather in bourbon a this week. And Man. This feels like Alabama today, doesn't it? It feels good. Time sensitive. Yeah. It's almost 70, 70 degrees already at 1030 in the morning. So how about that? We'll take it. Glory. Yeah. Glory. Yeah. All right, we pal. We take these days and we can get them this time of year. Yes. They are, a di they, they are very, very rare. So we, uh, we, they're diamond in the rough for sure. So, well, good to chat with you. Let's do it Thanks, again. Teddy. Let's do it again next week. I'll look forward to it. Okay. Peace. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for being a part of our Tiger Talk podcast. It is uh, fun and an honor to be able to tell some of the stories 
of what's happening around uh, our campus and our extended community. Uh, as you finish up classes, pray that you uh, stay focused, enjoy uh, this last week of final exams, underclassmen and seniors class of 2020. We're so proud of you. We think that you are some of the coolest kids we know. And so we're happy for you and we cannot wait to see you face to face. Until next time, be safe and be well. We'll see you on Tiger Talk.